Hello and welcome to Rising Above Podcast, brought to you by your host Georgia Peck. I am bringing you some of the world's most inspiring and narrative-shifting experts, all the way from health experts to people who have just overcome insane life experiences and taking what they have learned from them, as well as entrepreneurs and innovators that step into your most authentic, healthiest, most vibrant self today. And I am helping to shift self-sabotage and rewriting society's narrative with slow, sustainable and ethical fashion at risingaboveco.com. Enjoy today's episode. You've been like a physical fitness journey, physical health, but like now you're into like this deep, like trauma mm-hmm. healing. What's like been the worst thing to overcome if you're comfortable yeah, talking I am. about um, it? Let me think about that for a second. I feel like attachment is a big one. Um, like being attached to having a certain body type or having a certain level of health or certain people in your life, like to a degree like I mean attachment is a very healthy human thing um but I think finding the balance of where is it human and where is it just me not having self-love or not having self-confidence like finding and understanding that and being shown that like being shown my own deck of cards and like the pieces that really I don't know like it, it like the whole process of trauma work is extremely revealing and it shows you where you're weak, so to speak. And it shows you where you're strong, which is great. Um, but I think that it's been really tough to be shown like, here's your very human sides, but here's where your human sides are controlling you. And where you, yeah. you know, if you crave freedom, which I do, it's one of my like biggest values is freedom. But if you have certain addictions or attachments, whether it's to very physical things, like if you're addicted to a drug or a person even or um, whatever or if it's more esoteric like if you're addicted to certain belief systems or thought patterns I think just the process of being shown those and being shown how much control they actually have over your life is pretty scary and then learning how to detach from that and um, also to detach from control in general and just allowing whatever the process is that's going to happen to happen I think that for me personally has been one of the scariest uh, pieces of it, I guess. I've done a lot of work with astrology as well. Um, I don't know how much astrology you or your listeners have done or do. Um, I don't know. I've honestly never really dived into it myself. I'd like to, but it's like, I don't know. I just don't even know to start, like if what I believe or like. So I'll just give one example of like where this, actually I, I read this very recently, but there's a lot in my astrological chart, whether or not you believe it, I resonate with it on a personal level. So if you don't like astrology, then just forget that I said astrology. But um, I feel like the astrology <laughs> is, is not like a telling me what to feel. It like reconfirms and like contextualizes like, oh, that makes sense. So a lot of what's in my chart kind of signifies like a lot of my, my purpose here or a lot of my, um, my path here involves death and rebirth. And it's very continual. So it's like, for me, especially whether or not this is going to be my path for my whole life or just like where I'm at right now, there's been kind of like a, like an emphasis on the death of self, which is part of where like the unraveling and all of that, I'm like, oh, and that's, that's where like this just kind of emphasizes on that for me. It's not like it's telling me what to believe. It's like, oh, I resonate with that. Um, But sort of like this 
concept of like here's all this stuff that you've worked for and here's like this ego that you've created and this I don't know life that you you have and you're really attached to it because it's beautiful and it's brought you a lot of joy and now you have to let all that go and allow something new to come in and it's just like what (laughs) but I like it (laughs) um and I think that that is frustrating and that yields a lot of anger and that yields a lot of fear and anger and fear are too Anger has been more suppressed for me, but fear especially has been really hyper-present in my life. And so I think it's just like being shown that again and again and again and learning how to trust it and like be able to feel the fear, but not like be the fear or be controlled by the fear. Like, I think it's just really tough to let go of that old system of operating, I guess. Definitely. I think it's like very difficult to like shift and change, like evolve because like- we just want to hang on to what we've yeah. done in the past and like even you saying like to just like release attachment it's like I know I'm attached to, to like a few things like thought patterns and it's just it is mm-hmm. hard to just let go and just yeah. trust it is and hard. sometimes the thought patterns are like you know sometimes they're not necessary to let go of like sometimes they serve you and that's part of the again the the tough piece is like discernment of is oh my god there's a week sorry as part of the discernment of like (laughs) is this is this actually useful for me at this point what is your opinion on my company rising above co and like what i'm trying to do is like shift the narrative of social Mm -hmm. media society and like it's particularly like fast fashion like i never thought i'd be in in fashion like at all but like i realized as i was digging deeper into kind of like what creates this stigma of like you have to live up to these expectations society actually comes from a lot of the media Mm -hmm. fast fashion and like yeah so how do you feel about like this company trying to shift that i i love it i so have you seen minimalism before it's a pretty well-known documentary i haven't i've seen so many adverts for it and i'm like i need to watch this show or this documentary it's phenomenal i love the work they do i the reason i bring it up though is that um so minimalism, the documentary, I watch it every single year and I have for probably like five years now, four years, I don't know. But every year I make a point of like, I'm going to watch this at least once this year, just to kind of like refresh my mind of like this state of not having to have things. And it's not, and part of what they speak about in that is like, it's not a problem to have things and it's not a problem to consume things. It's just a problem when people are doing it mindlessly as a means of numbing something or whatsoever it may be. And I am right there with you, like kill fast fashion. Like I appreciate it from the perspective of creativity. And I really, I really appreciate that. Unfortunately, the reality of it is that it's, I feel like it's like a, I'm going to use another analogy. I feel like it's like a beautiful drug, right? I feel like it's like, I don't know, let's just say it's shrooms. Let's, let's equate fashion to shrooms. You're getting a nice dive into my personality here. Let's equate fashion to shrooms. And so... (laughs) Um, sorry if this is not PC, but this is just an analogy. So <laughs> I feel like shrimps are not inherently bad, right? Like there's so many wonderful things that come of it. There's and and similarly, fashion, like creativity and design and just like visual aesthetic, like that is a beautiful piece of the human experience. Hands down, super about it. The problem is that I don't think it's used for that purpose. And it'd be like the same as being like shrooms not being used for the purpose of discovery or the purpose of exploration. It'd be like used for the sake of escapism. And so 
that's my analogy. Yay. Um, but I feel like fast fashion is kind of like doing the same thing to a degree when a lot of people are like only using it as a means to please other people or as a means of having a temporary fix. And in the documentary Minimalism, there's a woman and I wrote this down because I didn't want to miss her name. Her name is, oh God, Juliet Shore. Um, and she says, and I wrote down the quote too, because I love the quote as it is perfectly. She says, we are too materialistic in the everyday sense of the word and we are not at all materialistic enough in the true sense of the word. And I think what she said is so true that like people don't appreciate the materiality of things. Like they get a shirt and they're like, oh, I appreciate this for the status it's going to grant me. Or I appreciate this for like what it's going to do for me or my self-image or that it's going to numb my depression. It is that I'm, I'm not addressing by addressing this instead. It's like a distractionary tool. So I am in full yeah. support of anything that pulls away from the mindless consumption of goods, because I feel like the mindless consumption of goods is just one place where people can disconnect from their realities. And if you're disconnected from your realities, then you're disconnected from yourself. Not super great. And you just yeah, not super great. Like, um, and yeah. also just, I mean, from an like environmental standpoint, I also love it because there's a lot of, and I don't think people realize how impactful fashion is on the environment. And I mean, I told you I was vegan for three years, so I really dove into that stuff for a while. Um, And it's just, it's, it's shocking how, how, again, yeah, so so much much waste and how disconnected people are from that. Like they're so disconnected from, and I'm not saying like I'm immune, like I've bought stuff from places that I'm not proud of before. And, but it's the, I think it's just the, the, the degree to which it happens is like kind of heartbreaking. So I'm in full support of like, I love what you're doing. I think it's great. I think more people should, I can't say should, I would love it if more people would jump onto, <laughs> onto stuff like that and, and recognize like how just important it is. Not only from like a personal, like yeah. mental wellness perspective, but just like a collective perspective too. Yeah, it's just needed. And a lot of the fast, like fast fashion, is that it's like on most media, like like models, yeah. for, like fashion. It's like insanity. I literally yeah. can't even. Oh, it's a whole other topic, but yeah. I think they said there's um, like twenty four seasons now, like in fashion, like something oh, like that. I don't even know what that means. That's probably like modern. I talk, all I know is it? that there there used to be like a standard, like you know, two seasons, like warm and cold, and I think that makes sense. You know, I think that makes sense. Uh, Oh, oh my and god, then, that's insane. Oh and then god, there was like spring, summer, fall, winter. And then those kept getting divided and I yeah. got to a point where I think in a year fast fashion goes through like something like 24 or 27 different quote unquote like sub seasons. That's like more than one season a week. But if you look at it, and this is something to talk about in minimalism too, if like people will go so far as to like hate on a fashion statement that was made just like a month, two months prior, even a year prior. And it's suddenly like, it's out of style. And if you're not wearing, if you're not wearing what's in style, then you are not, you don't fit in. And so people have like a pressure to always be updating their wardrobes. And again, that pressure is really just a distraction from like life (laughs) and a bunch of other things. What the actual act of living. Yeah. So thank you that was such a good yeah. in-depth answer to like I had no idea that you'd know oh, about yeah. fast fashion to the 
extent that you do. It's, that's yeah. incredible. I'm glad that you're doing something about it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. What is one practice that you do? I know. I write this one down for you. What's, <laughs> what's one practice that you have to do, whether that's weekly or monthly, to like keep your sanity for like self-care? I don't know. Anything that you just have to come back to. I'm rolling to. my eyes at myself as I say meditation. But <laughs> um, I think meditation. Uh, yeah. I being able to sit with yourself and your thoughts and your emotions and identify them probably one of the most impactful things like the hardest the hardest things that have happened in my life this year like meditation is single-handedly one of the things that's kept me sane through it is recognizing like Mm. I don't know and another way to look at this just because I I believe like not everyone needs to be in all like knees deep into meditating because I know a lot of people say I can't do it or whatever which for the people that like struggle with that another way of looking at it is just presence like if if you haven't read power of now by Eckhart Tolle everyone in the wellness community pretty much that I know of has so hopefully most people have but um like the the concept of just being able to be present and not living in the past or the future and I think this is again a practice I've started more recently and it goes hand in hand with meditation so I'm duping your question a bit and adding more to it but it's it's like a a two-in-one um, but I know I personally have had a lot of issues with like living in the past, which is living in a state of like sadness or depression or living in the future, which is a state of living in anxiety or anticipation or fear. And it really pulls away from like the beauty of whatever this moment is, whether that moment is you crying or you like crying tears of sadness or tears of joy. Like, you know, it, it anything that is not now is pulling away from this one piece and it's like fragmenting you so I think just the concept of actively practicing presence and sometimes that looks like flow state like doing things that you love like painting or surfing or whatever it is that gets you in that that flow state um or meditation which is just sitting in silence with yourself um and I think this is my last piece but it's kind of a tack on that I actually started this a week ago but and it's really good when things get hard is like to ask yourself can I make it through today and to only focus on making it through today. And like, obviously, yes, you can look ahead and plan ahead, but your focus is today. And I think that's, um, and you can take this with a grain of salt, but I think that's been one of the best practices that I've started recently is like, if I look at things 20 years in the future, it can get really overwhelming. And so if you look at things like from the perspective of today, you know, 20 years in the future will happen. And sure, I need to plan for that. And you need to be proactive but I don't have to fixate on that I don't get to fixate on anything that is not this moment or today and I think just kind of chunking your days into 24-hour periods and recognizing like whatever whatever happens tomorrow it's kind of a separate deal right now um I think that's like a living breathing form of meditation so yeah I think that that's like the savior right now that's amazing mm-hmm. and I love meditation I yeah. it's like a different experience when you do like guided meditation or like yeah. on your own and yeah if anyone's like struggling with it try guided there are yes. so many guided meditations like literally so many and if you think you can't do it yeah you can <laughs> they, and they have like yeah. so many app like the calm app has like tons that and even yeah. if like if do walking meditations like work your way into a state where you can sit or like candle flame meditations where you just stare at a candle flame 
um, and listen to a guided meditation, like for people who are really proactive or like need something to do, like that can also be helpful. Yeah. And you've got to kind of take yourself seriously a little bit. Like the act of like staring at a candle can be quite hilarious. And then just kind of like, just like getting in the zone and be like, okay, I'm just going to stop judging myself and just allow. Yeah. People, that's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. I'm going to talk again. That's a good point though. It's like the self judgment that a lot of people (laughs) have when it comes to like meditations is like some people are, I mean, it's kind of a testament to like how much you judge yourself is like, if you're uncomfortable sitting in silence, because you're going to judge yourself for sitting in silence. No, I think there's a lot. I think I'm going to make this into two podcast episodes, honestly. I think that <laughs> literally it's, I, I, I cannot cut anything out that you said because it's oh, been insanely you. like amazing. Yeah, I think this the self-judgment with like everything, it just happens with everything and people just need to kind of let go of this and just be like, right, F it. Let's just do whatever and not do whatever, but like, say I'm going to do meditation I've done it before I'm just gonna laugh at myself like it was horrible at the start um but yeah just like once I just was like okay Georgia let's just try this properly and then just I love the pep talk like let's let's try a proper meditation now yeah like we're done with this this crap like I I would honestly get so frustrated sometimes I could sit down listen to the guided meditation I want to like punch a wall or like (laughs) or just like laugh my head off or just like get out the room I don't know it just wasn't feeling good and then I was just like okay let's just let's just actually just accept that I want to do some meditation yeah no that's awesome and if you (laughs) don't want to do meditation I guess the meditative thing would be to accept that too and be like not having it today even with yoga even with yoga I was like this is stupid (laughs) a lot of a lot of more wooey spiritual (laughs) things a lot of people will start and they're like I feel so awkward I feel so dumb but and and, you know I get it like I've done if anyone if you've ever tried qigong like that is no that is a weird feeling it's kind of like I mean it's it's energy work but with your body and it just feels so weird at first and like you like do all these movements and you make certain noises you go like ha and like it's it just it feels really weird when you're doing it but it gets to a point where it's like I don't do create a safe space for yourself like whether or not it's like in your own bedroom or where someone can't watch you and then you do it enough times to the point where you're like this is I do this every day I just don't give a flip and flute about what anyone thinks about this now and then you can start doing it in public and exactly yeah I'm such in that place where I can just be public on Instagram and literally just like beautiful anything <laughs> I literally don't care it's a very think, healthy literally. thing I respect that a lot I still get yeah. like stage fright filming in front yeah. of people which is why I like always film when I'm at home because I can talk in front of a camera for days but if I'm like out in public and I like talk to myself on my phone I'm always like oh, so weird. oh my gosh no that yeah. is a bit scary so yeah like even though vlogging is like a huge thing it's like people still are like mm, what yeah weird <laughs> but it, you know everyone's at their own place like I'm not shy about where I'm at thank you Alexa so much for coming on thank Rise Podcast. this has been like one of the best recordings thank yet and I, I really appreciate you and the amount of technical difficulties and also the yeah fact sorry that I, I mean I took you a little over time too thank you I'm I'm honored to to be here I was so stoked when you reached out and uh, don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and I shall see you in my next episode. Don't forget to make it your mission to do something kind for you today.